All right, let's go ahead and get started. I won't be, I won't be too long today, but um, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for this time again that we can get into your word to better understand what it means to war in this warfare, to be able to be uh, winners and not losers in this thing. Lord, we pray that as we go through what it means to have the shield of faith, Father God, that you'll help us navigate through this text and faith and all that good stuff, Father, we'll be able to uh, neutralize those extinguish, uh, neutralize or extinguish those fiery darts in me. With that being said, I come against every demonic spirit, anything that may war against myself, these young people. I counsel your plots and schemes against us. And with that being said, God, we turn our attention back to you. We thank you for that authority being evident in our lives. And we appreciate you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's get into it briefly. Um, we're going to be talking about how faith protects. Um, for the last few weeks, y'all can stay like that, that's fine. For the last few weeks, we've been talking about uh, spiritual warfare and what it means to make sure that we're properly armed for what is armed against us. Just because the weapons are formed against us, it's our responsibility to make sure they don't prosper against us, right? And so at this point, we're going to be talking about, bless you, uh, verse 16, talking about the shield of faith. Verse 16 says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Again, it says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the enemy. But before we get into that, we all know, I mean, you've been in this church long enough, we know what faith is. Can someone tell me from, from your experience or from what you know, what is faith? And why is it important to have faith? Yes. Um, faith is, like always says, faith is that you believe in something that's not seen. So, um, and we believe in faith because um, we know the truth, and the truth is always going to be over the lies. So that's, that's right. The truth, we believe in God because even though He's not here, we still believe Him. So when that's right. Heaven, we'll Same thing as with air. We can't really see air, but we need it, right? Anybody else with faith? I'll read a quick definition, and we'll get some scriptures, and then we're going to have a quick discussion about this, because for the next three or four weeks, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, that should of faith. It says, faith as a noun means allegiance to duty or person. It also means belief and trust in and loyalty to God. It also says in the dictionary, firm belief in something for which there is no proof. The definition means complete trust. And lastly, something that is believed especially with strong conviction. The verb of faith is trust or believe. And quickly, it just basically says faith can be defined as a deep and unwavering trust in God's promises and a strong belief in his power to protect, guide, and deliver us from spiritual warfare and challenges. It is the shield. There's no coincidence they say faith is a shield that guards us against doubt, fear, and the schemes of the enemy, allowing us to stand firm in our convictions and walk confidently in our spiritual journey. Now, quick questions that I'm going to ask. It says, in all circumstances. Now, what circumstances make it hard for us to have or take up faith against them? What are some circumstances that you know, maybe from experience or from people in your family or just for whatever you've seen, that can make it difficult for a person to have faith or belief? Trust in God to get them through, protect them, etc. What type of circumstances? Yes. Death. death. And how could death and the byproduct of that is grieving can make it difficult for someone to take up faith and continue forward? It could come in 
Exactly. Yeah, that's a good one. A lot of people think that God took people. No, just like everybody before, I, I believe, and I know this for a fact, that anyone days, weeks, or months before death have been warned. And we live in a, in a world where we're, we have free will. And so a lot of people, they just don't adhere. Anybody else, what's a circumstance that can make it difficult for people to take up their faith and, and have it as a shield? Yes. And how does failure do that? Um, when you've been like asking God to help you to be successful in your career or with your business, blah, 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 and it doesn't turn out how you want it to be in this amount of time, you feel like God isn't helping you. God left you by yourself and you just don't trust him anymore. Good. Grieving, failure, anyone else? Last one. What's the circumstance? Go ahead, go ahead, Amar. Expound that for me, fam. Good, good. And those three points, if you want to elaborate for those who shared or someone can add to it, what must a believer do to ensure that they don't waver in faith when they're in those certain circumstances? So we said death. How could someone that's difficult? We might have to. That that yeah we're gonna have to, we're gonna skip over here. <laughs> death death is one of those ones. <laughs> Circumstances you might have to help help someone help you with your faith, right? So uh, what did you say, sweetheart? You said uh, failure. failure. Now, uh, what must a person do or cultivate to ensure they don't have faith that wavers in those moments? Um, I guess just still trusting God because everything isn't gonna work out how you want it to be. If God doesn't want it to work out, it ain't gonna work out. Mm-hmm. And, that's good. You could almost look at Joseph with that. Like Joseph had a dream, then got a little cocky and arrogant, shared his dream before the time. It took him 18 years to see the full manifestation of something. And you can tell one thing I like about Joseph, man, this guy was man in excellence in every environment. Like this man could have gave up and and just said, I'm just going to be in prison. But this guy, man, this guy was next level. And so that's good that we got to be in a place where we say, God, if this ain't what you want me to do, then this ain't what I'm going to do. And also perspective, like failure is a part of success, like it's part of succeeding. And if you can't fail, you can't sail. Right. And, and in order to succeed in life, you got to say, hey, failure comes with it. Because you learn a lot more lessons in failure than you do in success. What are some things you learn from failure that you can't learn in success? Patience. Patience. And, and expound that for me. You know, you already knew that was coming. Um, <laughs> just That's good because there's there's certain success that has to precede certain success. For instance, you got to be a success. Like as believers, the frustration that we have is that we have to look on the other side and see how the world succeeds. 
The world succeeds quick. The devil can care less about your character. He cares about your charisma. He cares about how you look because he knows that if I can get, gather people your way, but you don't have the character, then I can destroy the imagery in the minds of other people. So God says, hey, man, success has some prerequisites. Like if you really want to be successful, I want you to be more successful internally than externally because there's those internal successes that sustain outward. Now, uh, for yours, um, Ahmad, um, what must a person do, have, or cultivate to ensure their faith doesn't waver under pressure? <clears throat> That's real. Next question is, why must we have faith in all circumstances? Why must we have faith? Like, 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 like in order for us to really be able to sustain circumstances, why must we have it? There's nothing God can handle. Dang, <laughs> I'm one day I'm just gonna let you sit here, bro. For real? Yeah, for real. You got a word in you, big time. I get my points together. I got you. I got you. Expound that for me. Uh, I mean, Knowing that God, what'd you say? Uh, that God can handle everything. That God can. So expound that for me on why that's essential. I mean, in every hard point of my life, like whenever I go through something hard, like I just turn to God and. No, I just, at the end of the day, I end up with a smile on my face. Mm -hmm. so it really brings you joy and peace. That's good. So we have to understand that no matter what circumstance we find ourselves in, we can count it all joy. Now that verse, you probably heard me say many times, but that verse brought me through some troubling times. Like, what does the scripture say? It says, count it all joy when you go through various trials, knowing what? Produces patience. And when patients have this perfect work, you'll be what? I know. Depends what translation you go in. <laughs> well, we got like 18 Bibles in this church. <laughs> well, we'll just say, we'll say the one that I know in my heart. <laughs> that you may be complete, whole, and lacking in nothing, right? So, when I know that God is with me in any situation, that's why what encourages me is it can be a billion people against me, but if it's me and God, we already outnumber them. When you know that you have God, one thing I love about David, David was like, <laughs> see, David's confidence came from the prerequisite successes. Like he, he killed the bear, he, he killed the lion, whatever the animals were, right? A rhinoceros, whatever they were. He probably had more than just a lion and a bear. But when he looked at, when he looked at uh, Goliath, what did he say? This what? Now, why was circumcision important? What did circumcision to David give him the confidence to know that the battle was already won before he even had a rock in his hand? Give me a like, you you a man's. You're still a little boy. Now, now, take a little deeper. Now, what does circumcision mean that separated the children of Israel from, from the Pharisees? She in college, so she was she was she, 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 she went anatomy on us. I got you, I got you. We still got young minds, and I'm messing with, I'm messing with. So it proved, it proved covenant. David said, "This uncircumcised Philistine proved that he was not in covenant with God." Yes, sir. Is it anatomy or where are we going? Think about this. Now, I'm being serious. Uh, for, for, think about this. Goliath uh -huh. 
giant. Enough said. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, the arrogance, there was, I mean, it could have been visibly or it could have been just culturally that he knew that he was uncircumcised. Right. And so by him, by him knowing, because it wasn't necessarily David's skill that killed Goliath. It was the anointing in the rock. So, for instance, someone can be a better speaker than me, but if they're not more anointed than me, they're not going to be more powerful than me. So my goal is not to focus on can I memorize the whole dictionary interwoven or interweave within my my words, these deep and and, and these uh, elaborate words. But it's just a simple explanation of God's word that can have more anointing in it. So, for instance, if you want to be truly successful, you got to say, am I in fellowship? See, David had a fellowship with God to such a degree where it is five foot eight, possibly, because you could tell David wasn't as tall at that point. Because even his own dad wouldn't even allow him in his uh, uh, king, kingly ceremony. See, when uh, the prophets saw his other son, they're like, man, they look like kings. Everybody wanted a tall king. They wanted someone 6'4", saw himself, they said, was head and shoulders above everyone. So here comes this raggly. Mm. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's the wrong word. The clothes was just, you know, he's out there in the field. Smell like sheep dung. This little boy comes in and, and, and he's like, he got his brother's food snacks. My man just went to food line, got my man some food. His brother, not food line, my bad, Publix. <laughs> Publix is Chick-fil-A of a grocery. But, um, but his confidence was not in necessarily how he looked. His confidence was in how he looked towards God. And so when you think about pressure... You can be able to say, no matter what situation or circumstance I'm in, if I have God in this with me, I can succeed. I was watching um, the second half of the Colorado TCU game, and there's two, there's Deion Sanders in my top five of athletes of all time that I resonate with. And I've been following his son's YouTube channel from Jackson State until yesterday. And in the press conference, Deion Sanders says, this one guy who's a reporter, he says, do you not believe? Do you believe now? That confidence exuded from him to the point to where he knew what he had. And one thing I liked about when, they, when uh, Jennifer Taff, that's her name, Ms. Taff, what, the, the reporter for Fox, interviewed him right after the game. What did he say first? He said that then, but he said Jesus something. He said, thank you, Jesus. And so you see that everyone doubted Dion to the point the way they didn't believe that he can turn a 1 in 11 team around within one offseason to be able to win their first game against a team who was in the championship. Not all their players were there, but the same, they were ranked 17th. And for him to get a win, I watched that game. I was like, yo, his son is him. And I was looking at the Hunter kid. I'm like, what's his name, Travis Hunter? Yo. 110 snaps. This man had how many tackles? He had an interception. He had over 100 yards. He's going to be drug tested, but he, he might got some him in him. You know what I'm saying? It just might be what it is. But we see when, he, when, they, when his son and Travis interviews, you know, they quoted Callis. He's like, nobody believed in us, but God did. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> but we see that that should be the end 
of everybody's opinion about you. God did. Like, that's why God allows you to go through certain circumstances because he knows that when, see, the reason why God loves circumstances because circumstances always brings an audience. God, when, when uh, Elijah was in the a prophets of Baal was uh, uh, trying to, uh, whatever they was doing, I forgot at the moment, but they was trying to prove that their God was whatever. And Elijah was laying back in, from Superbook's display of it, because we're in Superbook now, me and my wife should do it. He, the way he was leaning back in Superbook, he was like, y'all should dance harder. Y'all should scream louder. And then Elijah, they was in a famine, y'all. So you know how, you, do you know how much confidence you have in a God when God's people are watching you and you getting the last bit of water left in the land? And you pouring the water on the rocks? You have that much confidence that you got a God that can transcend. What's the word I'm looking for? Who's uh, uh, chemistry? uh, Basically can cause fire to suck up all the water. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I'm preaching by trade. (laughs) But anyway, so we see that sometimes God will have a situation or a circumstance When he is hoping, not hope, because God don't hope, because God is hope, right? But what he's saying is, have faith in me in your circumstance. Because God said this circumstance ain't even about you and I. It's about who all's eyes is on the situation. That's why, you know, when your parents disbelieve in the gift that God wants to uh, 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 show through you and, and, and they're talking about you being a lawyer or a doctor and being all these different things that's not you or they're trying to uh, uh, convince you like that there's going to come a point like it happened with even me and my own dad like my dad was like you're going to be a preacher like, like, like you're going to do this why won't you get into international business why won't you go to this school and then even though it may have caused like a little rift between us it was the same man that doubted the gifting that God wanted to share through me was the same one asking me to come to his hospital bed to pray for him. He was the same one that came to my living room with my, my sisters there and my brother saying, if it wasn't for you, I would have lost my children. So if you can withstand the embarrassment or if you can withstand people's opinions and have faith that God called you to this, then you'll see how successful will be evident in your life. Now, Now, it says, in all circumstances, take up. I love the word take up. Your faith is right beside you. It's like, and I love to think about faith. Like, faith is an an, uh, extension of you. That's why they call it a shield. So do you know people's opinions of you hits your faith before it hits you? What areas in your life do you have gaping holes where the enemy can target through because you lack faith and God in that area, or you lack faith in yourself in that area, you lack faith in your ability in that area. The enemy knows I'm not going to shoot where you have strong faith. For instance, we know if you, who's left-handed in here, or basketball, or anybody, any athlete, you know for a fact that if you're a him or her in that athletic world, they're going to try to exploit your what? Why? So if I know you can't go left, I'm going to force you left. If I know that you tend to do these moves when you're uncomfortable, I'm going to make you uncomfortable so I can pick you off. Right. So if you ha- if you know that even in the athletic world, demons, not demons, but people have a scouting report 
<laughs> I thought we were talking about Wake Forest for a minute. Demon Deacons, not, not them. But, but we know in our own life, there's a scouting report on us. Like, they know your weaknesses. They know what's going to get you uh, in this sin by Thursday. They know what's going to get you weak in faith by Saturday. They know how to mess your whole week by having this text come through Monday morning. They know. And if we don't take up our shield of faith and say, God, you know what? I have faith in my dream. That's why I want to challenge you all. Never lose sight on your sight. What I mean by that? S-I-G-H-T, S-I-T-E. What's the difference? Sight and sight. S-I-G-H-T. Vision. A place. I tell people that I coach all the time. And I'm going to tell you all this is that why do you think God gives you visions and dreams first, but don't show you the journey? You wouldn't go if you knew how hard it would be, but what? Hmm? Or how long it would take? But why did he show you this elaborate, detailed outcome of your life that he has predestined for you? Why does he show you that and not the journey? Why? What makes that sight Important to your sight. I run track, so what I see when I'm, I run the 400, what I see when I come around that last curve is the finish line. I see myself crossing it. So if I know what I'm reaching towards, I'm going to continue to push harder, even though my legs are just coming from under me and I'm about to fall on the ground. Let me ask you this question. Did you see the finish line the day the finish line was there, or did you see it days before the finish line? Probably days before. And why is seeing the site days before more important than actually seeing it a day of? I don't know. It's like your preparation. It's different. For instance, that's why God, let me give you this process. There's six steps to impact. I don't know if I share this with you all, but six steps. That's why I put people through my coaching program. Six steps. Can someone tell me, and I'm going to go through these six steps real quickly. Uh, we got time. What, it, what impact do you want to leave on this world before you die? Can someone just throw, throw me anything? What impact do you want to have in this life? I would love to be known as a giver. Known as a giver. Anybody else? Impact. I want to be known to make people smile. Man. Smile. That's right. That's right. <laughs> What'd you say again? Uh, Giver, smile, but give me, give me that play, that, that, that place of impact. So how do you want to see people smile? What will you be doing to ensure people smile continuously? And if you don't have it now, don't worry about it. It's something I want you to think about. Motivation. So the goal. Appreciate that, man. I'm motivated. Thank you. Thank you. Now, in what way? What was yours again? Give. So for 40 years or 30 years, wherever you reach that pinnacle of purpose, what will you be given that will make people have the impact that you want to have on them? What will I be giving or Yeah. What would you be giving? Like a philanthropist, I think is what I'm saying, right? Like, Something money, like, that. like people, oh, I'm going to give you this. Okay, here you go, like, or my time. So here's the process. In order for you and I to have the impact, see, my legacy is always on my mind. The Bible uh, challenges me 
to think about my children's children, to think about the Aziz lineage beyond me. Right now, five generations that way, there was an Aziz. There was a great, great, great grandpa Aziz, right? Now, the name has been placed on me. Now, the goal is for me to make sure that the Aziz represents God generationally, that, I'm, that, that when I'm dead and gone, that's why I go so hard now because I'm going to live a long time, so I'm not, I'm, please hear me what I'm saying. But the day that I die is going to be the day that I live forever because they say people make more money when you're dead. That's what they say in, in Illuminati stuff. That's why they well, well, go down that path. We'll come back this way. We'll come back this way. It's not the time or the place for, cons- for conspiracies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even though there may be some accuracy. And, well, anyway, there's a lot of accuracy to it. So, but what I'm saying is this, is that impact is important because I know for a fact that when y'all have kids, for some of you all, I'm going to be mentioned. There was this guy, Mr. Ezra, who said this. Man, who was your favorite teacher back in? Mr. Ezra. Uh, who was it? Mr. Ezra. Hey, Mr. Ezra. <laughs> when I had nothing and I needed a, a cookie out of the machine, it was Mr. Ezra. Like, all that, right? That's what I want to be known for. So when you're little kids and, we, and I'm in Whole Foods or something and I'm shopping. Well, I don't know. Whole Foods got that palm reader thing. So I might be at Earth Fair. But, <laughs> or, yeah, okay. Well, my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about this one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but. I want to be at that place. For instance, I was in Walmart off Wilkerson. Mm-hmm. I had no choice because the other wall, I had to go by, I had to go through Wilkerson, through the wilderness to get to the, my wife needed something real quick. And if I would have went, if I would have went to the Independence one, I wouldn't have got to my wife in time. And y'all know how timely things have to be done for a wife, right? So I had to go through Wilkerson. So while I was in Wilkerson, I parked right in front of the little cop thing. You know, they got the little, you know, they got the little cop tower in the, in the <laughs> I'm going to park right here. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to touch the Lexi right here. You know what I'm saying? All right. So, 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 so I walk in and, you know, I got distracted because I love stores and I was like, God is with me. So I'm protected. And I'm six foot three. I mean, six foot two. Sorry. I want to tell the truth. I might be six, two, six, two and a half, six, three, if he, if he rounded up. But um, back to my story. I'm just and somebody, and this one told me, Am I tall? No. 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 Six foot two is I'm in I'm in the tall community. I might be at the bottom of the tall community. That's not short. I'm tall. Six two is tall. Speaking from somebody who's four or something. What I'm saying is this. What was I saying? So I'm in I'm in Walmart. And while I was uh, getting in the aisle, this kid, Damien, walks by me, and he says, hey, Mr. Ez, I said, I said, who know me here? <laughs> Damien, I said, Damien, I worked at elementary school before I came to Victor, so Damien was about yay high. And this guy was a terrorist. This kid was him. I was a BMT. BMT is the, where all the, be, the behavior cha, behaviorally challenged kids go to. In other words, bad kids. <laughs> they come to Miss Essie's office before I came to Victor. So when the teachers told me that, oh man, you're gonna have some trouble, can I say, fam? It's a cake and a it's a walk in a park at Victory. Do you know when I was in my school, we had kids when they went on their medication. Oh man, we talking about we had to restrain kids. Oh. This is how you had a string kid. You had to grab him by one arm, grab him by this arm, pull the arms across, 
sit them down and hold them for 10 or 15 minutes. We had to restrain kids. We actually had to go through classes. And so we got we had one we had kids that were runners. We talking about kids and on my walkie talkie, Mr. Essie, Jelani, Jelani ain't here. Oh man. But see, the BMT know where Jelani's hiding spots were. So I knew Jelani wasn't far, because kids weren't dumb. But we had runners, we had kids foaming at the mouth. We had kids when they didn't have their medication. We we had kids that was smaller. But strong, breaking doors. Like, I don't know what these medications are. So what I'm saying is, I worked in a troublesome school. So victory is, is, like, is like good times. Back to my story. So Damien rolls up on me. Hey, Mr. Ezzy, first off, you working a, a job? I ain't see that coming. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> I said, oh, so, 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 okay, you at Walmart. He, he said, Mr. Ezzy, this is what he told me. This, this brought tears in my eyes. I didn't let him see me cry. You know what I'm saying? So I was like this. No, I cried. No, I didn't cry. My, my eyes got a little, you know. Because he said, man, you may have not thought I was listening to you. I'm getting teary out now. He said, you changed my life. He says, I watch your YouTube videos every day. My mom and grandma watch them. I said, man, that's impact. I want to be at a place where your kids and y'all in Whole Foods, forget Whole Foods. Well, <laughs> hurt me, man. Come on, man. Trader Joe's, thank you. Trader Joe's. Or Publix. Okay, okay. I want to be able to wear, you know, when they see, hey, man, that's Mr. Ezzy right there. Changed my life. And I'm still going to probably buy you something. But what am I saying? Impact. Now, you can't, have, you can't make an impact in someone's life if you don't have anything to impact them. So how can you say I'm going to impact people if you don't have a dime to your name? I'm not saying, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? How can you say I'm going to make people smile when you're depressed? You have to have, so for instance, I have books, I have card games, I have videos, I have, I have something to impact. Now, in order for you to have you have to do. If you don't do, you don't have. If you don't have, you don't impact. What, must, what is the prerequisite to doing? In order for you to do something, to have something, to impact someone forever, you got to become someone different. In order for you to become someone different, you have to believe different. In order for you to believe different, you have to be aware. So when you are aware that you are a child of God and you're aware that God is with you, that increases your belief. So now when you see, you know, that's why I'm pumping, you know, belief in Hannah, because I'm like, fam, you're not going to you're not going to act away from me like you don't have no father. Like it's my responsibility to make sure that you don't be settling for these. That's why I love those uh, videos. On, um, <laughs> me and my wife was laughing about this. We was like, we're going to take Hannah to Paris. You know, the stuff that you see. And they'll be like, oh, yeah. I take my I take my daughter to Paris right. so that she won't be impressed by your trip to Houston. Yeah. Thank you. But what I'm now, now here's the flip side, fellas. Fellas, please understand. I'm balanced with it. The bar is not necessarily setting a bar where he has to take her to Paris. It's the goal that my father has already done this for me, so I'm not going off your gimmicks and tricks. So, so it's not about where I take her, it's how I take her. 
That's why anybody who's seen as a father figure, I do the same thing because you gotta put your you gotta put people in a position where they understand that there are certain people they shouldn't be listening to. So if you have awareness that you are loved by God and you are aware that God has great things to do through you and you are aware that 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 you are someone special, you're going to believe different when you believe different. You're going to do different or you're going to become different. Why is becoming someone different the only way to make a difference? Hmm? Can't be so. Yeah. Copies. Yes. It's like no more like New Year's resolution stuff. Like you in a whole different mindset. Cause some people be like, oh, I'm gonna start this. Like you, it's cute, it's Pinterest, but like when you go through that, teach us, teach us. <laughs> like when you go through that transformation, it's it's no going back. Like that stuff's not bad habits, not attractive to you anymore. You you don't care about. That. That's why I never go by that New Year, New Me. Yeah. It's New Day, New Day, New Me. Like every one of us. It's maxing out ourselves at our fullest capacity at where we are now. But imagine if you just increased yourself by 5%. Increased your, your fellowship with God just by 5%. We're not talking about Christianity is not about perfection. It's about progression. Like God just says, man, like if you pray three quality minutes to God, but I pray five arrogant prayers to God, who's he listening to? The three minutes. God cares about quality, not quantity. So when we understand it, we'll say, God, God understands. The Bible says he was tempted at every point, but without sin. So he was saying was, I, I know how it feels. Like, like, do you not think God understands your schedule is busy? Do you not understand that? Do you not, do you not think that God understands what you're going through psychologically? God's not expecting you to perform at an elite level when he knows that you're going through uh, 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 areas of devils. Like, like he's not trying to get God just saying, hey, just spend some time with me. It don't got to be 50 minutes. Just read one verse, read half a verse and fall asleep. I'll take that because it says if you increase yourself by 5 percent, you will do more. You will have more. You'll impact more. So what am I saying? If you don't if you're not aware of who you are, you won't have faith in you. See, one thing I love about, I was watching, I shared on my story, but Deion Sanders was walking the field. It was, it's his tradition to walk the field, right? And while he was walking the field, he passed the student section. And the way this man was walking through the student section, he, they was booing him, calling him names. And he walked, Texas Christians a little different. <laughs> we don't even know. They still drink. They still smoke. <laughs> Text crit. They ride them horses. They. <laughs> they a little different. I remember. Uh, pride comes for fall. So we see. Imagine. And who calls themselves the horned frogs? What they call? Bro, if you got Christian in your name, man, be like the the the, 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 the I ain't gonna got. I don't got nothing good. <laughs> So what I'm saying is, Dion was, and I'm, I'm done after this. Dion was walking by the student section, unfazed. <laughs> Dion and the Colorado Buffaloes walked in the TCU with what's the 20, 20 point underdogs. The whole country, Vegas said, <laughs> Vegas said, hey, put y'all money on TCU. If I was a betting man. <laughs> 
I'm glad I wasn't because I would have put some money on that. I believe in Dion. I know, I know. Oh, you all right? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Ain't know you had a concussion, concussion protocol. Ain't but what I'm trying to say is, in certain circumstances, you're going to be 20-point underdogs. In certain circumstances, your mom and dad, friends and people are going to be like, there's no way she's getting out of this. There's no way he getting out of this. Oh, you want to pursue that? Good luck. Oh, you think you're going to be successful in this industry that has proven not to make quote-unquote money? It's crazy. People always say what you can make money with when they don't have money themselves. Never listen to broke people while you're trying to work. Real people are going to tell you Anything's possible. So in certain circumstances, you got to say, I'm going to, we're going to part two on this. You got to take up your faith and say, you know what, God, if you with me, it doesn't matter who's against me. We win. So right now you may be in a circumstance where you're 20 point underdogs and you're walking by the student section. They're calling you all kind of names that may feel true. Oh, you're going to lose. But when you have faith, You'll shock the world. Any thoughts, comments, questions? Amen. Amen. I'm in on that because if I continue, that was, that was a good moment. I'm going to stop yeah. there. Y'all can talk and all that good stuff. Love y'all. Right, no problem. No problem. <laughs>